Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bundesliga show. Uh, we're back now officially, the season has started. Uh, yeah, we're both very, very excited, me and Mark. Um, another blockbuster, I say another, a blockbuster week <laughs> we started. Um, it feels good to be back, goals galore, um, already some defensive errors going on. Um, so yeah, the Bundesliga is officially back, so me and Mark are back to review everything that's been going on. Um, so welcome uh, back to the show to all our regulars. And if you're new, uh, welcome along. Um, and please uh, let us know if you enjoy the show. Um, first and foremost, obviously, this show um, is uh, is brought to you um, by Over the Bar. But of course, in partnership with the fantastic Bundesliga Boxes, um, our partner um, for this season. Um, so Bundesliga Boxes are a fantastic company uh, that provide um, mystery, authentic German football shirts uh, that come, of course, in a box, um, which have that mystery element of them, um, basically, and it's fantastic product, which is really well run. So if you don't know about them, go and find them. Uh, you can go find them on their website or they are on Twitter and they have a very strong presence on Twitter. So go search for them on there and get yourself a fresh shirt uh, like this one, Tasmania Berlin, the mighty Berliners, um, which I'm sporting this evening. So, yeah, fantastic product, and we're very happy to have Bundesliga boxes with us for this long and hopefully exciting season. Um, so as per usual, we will go into uh, a Mark's mystery anagram in a second. So, the first of the season. Um, we're hoping that we get loads of interaction on this again uh, this season because it was a very popular part of our show last season. So we're, we're sticking with it. Um, so hopefully we get loads of people trying to get guess uh, Mark's particularly tricky anagram. So Mark, first of the season, let's get straight into it. Yeah, where better place to start than obviously Mark's mystery anagram for this season. So obviously it was a popular part of the show last year. So we decided to continue it into this season so, yeah, where better place to start? So, yeah, obviously there's, there was no uh, last week's because this is the first one. So let's get kicking off with uh, week one Mark Mystery Anagram. So as you can see at the bottom of your screen, we got a good one for you this week. we got Scholar Kinds. Scholar Kinds, yeah. So while this is the first one, I'm going to give you guys a little clue, actually, because it's a little bit of a difficult one to start. So the answer to this one is a new signing into the Bundesliga. So for some of the, you guys that aren't maybe so updated on the transfers and things like that, then look out for some of the new guys, the new signings into the Bundesliga this season. But yeah, scholar kind. Yeah, so remember, all of our mystery anagrams on the show are related to only the top tier of the Bundesliga as well. No Zweite Bundesliga. And it's got to be a player, a manager slash coach, or a team from the Bundesliga, yeah. So remember, last year we had a lot of brilliant comments, and a lot of people got some of the more tricky ones as well, which I was really, really impressed with, to be honest. I think Rory would agree with me on that one. So yeah, let's see if you guys can continue interacting with us. We've been really, really happy with the increase in interaction in recent shows, actually, as well. So just keep telling us what you think about the anagram and about other things related to the show, because we really want to interact with other Bundesliga fans around the world. That's also part of the reason why we do this 
show and we get so much enjoyment out of it. So yeah, Scholar Kinds is our Mark's Mystery Anagram for week one. So yeah. So let's start with the scores on the doors for week one. So as usual, you can see on the bottom of your screen, the week one results from the Bundesliga. So we started on Friday night with an entertaining one-all draw between Gladbach and Bayern. Then moving on to Saturday, we had a nil-nil, but not so unentertaining draw between Bielefeld and Freiburg. We had a 4-0 away win for uh, Hoffenheim in Augsburg. We had another draw, one all between Union Berlin and Leverkusen. Then a bad start for Greuterford, losing 5-1 at Stuttgart. Another bad start for a promoted side with Bochum losing 1-0 at uh, Wolfsburg. Then the game of the weekend was 5-2 for Dortmund over Eintracht Frankfurt. Moving on to Sunday, the games just kept coming thick and fast. And a 1-0 win for last season's uh, excellent finishers, Mainz over Leipzig. And the weekend finish with a 3-1 win for Cologne over Hertha Berlin. So, yeah, great weekend, Rory. Great weekend to come back. Two teams scoring five. A lot of entertaining drama, red cards, just about everything. So, Let's get stuck in with OTB's featured four. So for the, you, the, for those of you guys that didn't watch us last season, these are the best four games from the weekend. So yeah, where better place to start this weekend, Rory, than the 5-2 win for Borussia Dortmund over Eintracht Frankfurt. I mean, what a game this was. This was classic Bundesliga, wasn't it? I mean, there's no better place to start than this game. And I think for me, the kind of uh, the key moment, really, the key man was that man, Erling Haaland, again, wasn't he, Rory? What a performance this was from the main man. Yeah, absolutely. Put down a marker in terms of how how he is going to perform this season. He obviously wants to be the star man, the top goal scorer. He want, you know, I'm sure he wants to dethrone Lewandowski. Um, obviously, he saw him get one goal uh, the previous evening. So he he really did put down a marker. Um, I'm sure that Dortmund fans were drooling over his performance. Obviously, he got three in the Pokal uh, in the first round just the uh, the other weekend. So he you know he means business, and I expect him to absolutely you know bamboozle and you know terrorize defenses for the rest of the season. I really do. Um, so yeah, he was superb. Uh, Dortmund going forward, you know, usually are. Uh, we've, you know, we've we've raved about them uh, all of last season as well going forwards, uh, and they look particularly dangerous. Um, and you know, Haaland is obviously central to it. Um, well, obviously, we saw Royce, um, of course, getting into the mix. Well, Hazard, Reina, all you know, all kind of confidence boosting goals for for all of them really. So it's a perfect start for Dortmund in terms of how they approached the game and how they went forwards. Um, I, I don't think it would be Dortmund or a Dortmund game without some sort of calamitous defensive, you know. Uh, I'm not sure if it, you call it an error or if, if it's just bad luck, yes, because um, obviously uh, Frankfurt came back into the game at 1-1 um, with a, yeah, with a very odd um, own goal from Paslak to go past new goalkeeper. Uh, Gregor Corbell in uh, in net. Uh, not much he could do about it, really. Interception of um, through ball onto new Frankfurt striker um, Bore. 
Um, and he would have been pleased to see the ball go in the back of the net, but it was yeah, the Dortmund defender who did it for him. Um, so that was quite peculiar. Um, but then uh, Frankfurt were trying to press um, at the right times, and, and that was an example of them doing it well. Uh, however, there were examples of them doing it poorly, as Dortmund on a few occasions did um, slide through the press. Uh, and the example came when when Harlow managed to get through and he slid in Hazard for um, for the second goal to get them uh, quickly back in front. And then only minutes later, Harland was was I again uh, beating Ilsanka to a bouncing ball, which is pretty weak defending, I thought, from Ilsanka. That, that's just got... You got to put everything into that. Um, so that again was a bit of a soft goal. Um, it could have been um, four before half time as well. A uh, bit of a horror moment from the keeper, got away with it in the end, didn't he? Um, with that um, kind of punch back out into play. Royce tapped it home, but there was an offside involved. Um, Frankfurt, yeah, they, they did their best, but they looked a bit, um, yeah, they looked a bit kind of deer in headlights sort of team on the day um they'll be pleased with the new signing getting a consolation goal um but that you know he looks like a a good player hopefully for them although he did shin his finish into the net <laughs> for a late consolation but yeah Dortmund as a team have put down a, a marker as well um Goals galore, and they'll be feeling very confident going into the Super Cup, uh, which I think is on Tuesday, uh, certainly midweek at some point, um, obviously against Bayern. So that'll be a very entertaining game as well. Um, but yeah, cer- certainly work for Dortmund to, to do tightening up at the other end. Um, obviously, they've not made any major signings in terms of their back, you know, their back four. Obviously, the keepers are very solid signing, I would think. Um, again, set pieces. You know, the, the second goal for Frank Furs, a flicked on set piece at the back post. Um, so a few things to tighten up on defence, but Dortmund have started in fine fashion and Frankfurt look like they've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I mean, a bit more on that Dortmund defence, because, I mean, if you look at it on paper, I mean, obviously the fullbacks were Paslak, who got the kind of calamitous own goal, really. Obviously a player that I think when we had um, Josh on a few weeks ago, he said that the Dortmund fans are not particularly overly enthused about him. Obviously, they don't really like Mounier either. So, I mean, they do definitely have problems at fullback. It was also quite interesting to see that Nico Schultz started as well. I mean, he is really not rated by the Dortmund fans at all. I remember, I seem to remember that Josh actually said the first thing he'd do is if he was the hierarchy of Dortmund is get him out of the door. So <laughs> it was a little bit surprising to see him start. So fullback yeah. is definitely a place where the weak Dortmund really, isn't it? Obviously, Guerrero is injured at the moment. So that is a key point as well, because he is a very, a very top level uh, fullback. But I mean, also the fact that Axel Witzel as well started at centre half, which is a little bit surprising as well. I mean, obviously, no Hummels today. Akanji started. Obviously, the main centre half partnership will be Hummels and Akanji. But I mean, Axel Witzel, who, as far as I know, has no experience of playing as a centre-half started there alongside a Kanji. Yeah, in- interesting also to see Dahoud get the nod as well because obviously he didn't play very much last season until the end when they started to see that uh, improvement. Yeah, Of course, Edin Terzic was also there in the crowd, which might have been a little bit uh, intimidating for new Dortmund boss Marco Rosa. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I think overall very, very good start for Marco Rosa who obviously joined the club in the summer from Gladbach. But on the other hand, I mean, Oliver Glasner, who somewhat surprisingly for me, 
left uh, Wolfsburg for Frankfurt. I mean, obviously, there were a lot of strange, so to speak, uh, managerial changes over the summer. Yeah. But for me, I was a little bit surprised to see um, uh, Glasner lead the kind of comfort in the Champions League football of Wolfsburg for Frankfurt. But obviously, he's going to be a little bit worried there, isn't he? Because it was a poor performance, really, ultimately, for Frankfurt. Obviously, Bore had a few chances to make you think that, you know, he could get a few goals this season. But as you say, Ilsanka was poor. Hinteregger didn't seem to get into his stride at all in this game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of work to do for Oliver Glasner to arrest the decline that they experienced at the end of last season, really, when they just fell yeah. apart, didn't they, really? And mm-hmm. this was a continuation of that collapse, basically, as far as I'm concerned. They still have quality in the side. They still have cost. Stitch, Sao, Hasebe, um, yeah, um, Kamada also played as well. Still quality there, but much work needed based on his performance if they want to be pushing towards that top four again this season. Okay, so on to the second game, which was obviously, there were two games that were built, big games. It was Dortmund-Frankfurt, and then obviously it was Gladbach-Bayern on the Friday night, which of course was the first game of the 2020. 2021-2022 season now, yeah. But, I mean, this was a really, really entertaining game, I thought. I actually tipped a 2 all draw in this one. I thought Gladbach could get something out of it, considering the fact that now Bayern have only won one out of the last five visits to Gladbach, which there's not many sides that can say they've only lost one in five of the last home games against Bayern in Germany, that's for sure. But, yeah, really, really good performance. Obviously, they came flying out of the blocks. They got the goal through player who didn't really have the best season last year, but great start, great performance from him tonight. And again, Lars Stindl, who was excellent last season and started off with a great through ball assist, yeah. smashed past Neuer. Then obviously, you know, you're just looking at Gladbach and thinking, can they get that second goal and put a bit of distance between them? But Bayern doing what Bayern do, they didn't let them, did they, Rory? No, they did not. Um, I thought it was a, a vibrant and exciting performance from Gladbach um, at, at Borussia Park. I thought they were fed up for it, um, for, you know, the season curtain raiser. They put on a bit of a show beforehand as well, which I quite liked. With all the <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a bit kind of cringy, but also I liked, <laughs> I liked it. Um, yeah, they were brilliant. The press worked really well uh, against Bayern. They won a lot of cheap possession high up the pitch um so i thought that was very impressive um adi hooter's men were you know they were at it early on and like you said stindle was central to that um obviously um sliding in player who who finished you know clinically which is you know a good start to his season as you said um but yeah bind you know bind did what bind do they they find a way to to get back into it and they did it as per usual, just before half time, we'll say just before half time, um, a little while before half time, um, to make it one-one with a with a very nice finish actually on the volley from a corner. Um, you know what else would you expect from from the great man? Um, so yeah, one-one going into the second half. Um, I thought Jan Sommer had a fine game, uh, keeping up his Euro form uh, as he had a very good tournament. Um, did well to. Um, stop the likes of Lewandowski um, from a cutback on the hour, um, and it, after a bit of a, a brief spell where Gladbach had to probably gather their their second win, so to speak, it was quite a lot of uh, Bayern were controlling the play. It looked like they might go on to win by two or three goals, but 
they came again, I thought. And, you know, they looked good. Uh, the introduction of Churam, uh, he looked strong. He looked fit. Uh, I, I really hope he presses on to be the player that he could be. Um, because if Gladbach do get a player playing well and, you know, being clinical and the strong, pacey nature of Churam, get those two back onto a pitch together with Stindle in behind, they will threaten every team they play in terms of going forward. Um, so there's certainly a lot to be excited about. As we mentioned during our preview shows, the biggest kind of signing for Gladbach is the fact that they've not lost any of those players. Um, so I thought that was vital and I thought they did a really good job. Um, one slight moment of controversy. Obviously, we were we were talking as the game was going on, weren't we, Mark, about this no penalty? I saw, yeah. I saw, I saw the Gladbach Twitter page, you know, cheekily uh, tweeting out, is, is that not a penalty? Which I, I was convinced. Um, uh, it doesn't, interestingly, it doesn't even make it into the written up highlights on the Bundesliga website, which I thought was very strange. Um, uh, it wasn't even mentioned or even covered because uh, I thought it was a Stonewall penalty. Um, you know, Chiram's got the wrong side of uh, Upamecano, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. And whether it's soft or whatever, it's clumsy. And once you're the wrong side, you can't, you know, you can't touch the striker. Um, so I thought that was interesting. I thought it was a penalty. Um, and then Chiram, again, inches away from that cross from Liner uh, late on in, in the game. I, I wasn't sure if he just missed it or if it was just a little bit too far away from him. Um, and then the last kick of the game almost uh, falls to Joshua Kimmich. Of all people, thought he was going to pass it home and, and buy and do a, a typical buy-in, but not to be, not to be. So, yeah, very entertaining start to the season, 1-1. Good result for Gladbach. Bayern won't be too fast, but, yeah, very entertaining game. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously overall my kind of uh, feelings on this game were that I thought it was a great first game, first of all, for Adi Hooter. I mean, obviously he came with big hopes to Gladbach after playing some of the football that he played with Frankfurt last year. For me, it was some of the best to watch. And I thought this was another really entertaining performance, but also with that defensive discipline in there as well. I thought Nico Elvedi uh, picked up again. He's an excellent defender. I think he's going to have a really, really good season this year for Gladbach. I think, yeah, I mean, the tactics were just perfect. I mean, obviously, I was a little bit surprised that he didn't start Turan, but I mean, he brought him on, obviously, in the second half just to kind of give that extra pace. And him and Player worked as well as I've seen them probably in over a year, to be honest with you, I thought, you know. I think you also missed the fact that Turan missed a really, really good chance ahead of goal as well. I think he was played in by Player. And he was right in front of goal. He kind of missed kicked it. He just kind of missed time the kick. Probably should have finished that one at the end of the day, you know. But, yeah, it was a game of a lot of chances from both teams. I thought the press was brilliant for Gladbach. They were mm -hmm. kind of pressing them in that their own half. And that's where Bayern can be weak, you know. They really can. I think Pamecano will be disappointed with his debut a little bit, to be honest with you. I think yeah. he didn't really... Obviously, they brought him in for big, big money to sturdy up that kind of underperforming defence last year, you know. And to me, they didn't look any better in defence than they did last season for long parts. And I definitely think I agree with you, Rory, that that was a stonewall penalty. The German commentary on Dazone, where I was watching it on, they were convinced that it was a penalty. And that yeah. nobody could understand why they didn't go to the VAR as well, which is kind of, you know, I think it's one of them where if that's if, if that's the uh, Gladbach defender put, uh, kind of tripping the Bayern attacker, for me, that's given as a penalty, you know, for me. I mean, I'm a small club fan, you know, I know how 
it feels to be the small club uh, and get done over. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I think, Rory, you might see it in a different way to me there. Yeah, well, the conspiracy theories are already going around, aren't they? Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it looks like a pen to me. For me, he's got a look. He's got a look, though, at the VAR. For me, you know, he's got a look at that, and I'm a little bit surprised. I mean, obviously, in some of the other games, he do check the VAR. Uh, I don't quite know why he's not done it. I, I do like the way in Germany they tried to avoid some of those soft penalties, but for me, this wasn't a soft penalty. It was a stone waller, to be honest with you. He's going through on goal and he gets tripped from behind. Mm -hmm. It's got to be a penalty. But yeah, going forward, Bayern looked like Bayern. They, they created a lot of chances. Summer had a stormer of a game. Yeah. It was a great, a great curtain raiser for the Bundesliga overall. I think both sides will be relatively happy with the points overall. But probably Gladbach have got more positives to take than Bayern overall, I would say. Okay, so over to game three of our featured four. And it was uh, one of the games featuring one of the promoted sides. And the side that both me and Rory tipped to finish in 18th place. So let's see how they got along. And yeah, they actually got stuffed 5-1 <laughs> against one of Rory's... Uh, and my, my own as well, one of my kind of soft spot teams, Stuttgart, who were brilliant last season. They kicked off, picked up exactly where they left off last season with a brilliant attacking performance against an admittedly defensively woeful third side, let's be honest. I mean, I think me and you, Rory, could have bagged a couple against them on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> with but to be honest, early on in the game, Furt actually had the first couple of chances. They had a couple yeah. of shots over. But then once, um, obviously, Stuttgart got the opening goal, which was a beautiful finish from Wataru Endo, one of their excellent midfielders from last season. I think, I mean, after that, it was just cruise control and Furt capitulated, basically, didn't they, Rory? They did. Uh, yeah, I think um, much... Uh towards what what we had said about this foot team uh that we know anyway is that um they certainly like to be involved in exciting games uh they do seem to concede a fair few but they what what the difference was obviously last year is that they could score outscore teams generally speaking uh so that obviously will be different this season um so their defense will be tested severely and and they failed their their first test um on the weekend like you said they started fairly brightly. Um, they, yeah, they did have a few shots blazed over by Hargorta. Um, but yeah, once Endo went through and scored, um, it was um, it was all Stuttgart. It was all uh, Matarazzo, Pellegrino's team's way. Um, some nice goals, actually, um, that, you know, were well worked. Uh, Kempf as well. Uh, two goals for him from, you know, from set pieces. Like Furtz will be certainly wanting to you know, mop up that a centre-back really shouldn't be scoring two goals in a game, should he? Especially from two different forms of set-piece. So one was a short corner, one was a normal corner. Um, in between um, an Al Gahoudi goal, um, who might get a bit more football this season, obviously, given the fact there's no Nico Gonzalez and Sasa Kalajic might just be eased into the season a little bit. So it's important that he got a goal for them. Um, and of course, the brilliant Bjorn Souza. Um, he, you know, he just continues to do what he does best. Um, some lovely crosses, you know, getting onto the end of things where he doesn't even have the right to put in a good cross, and he does. Um, I think he'll he'll obviously be a key man for for how Stuttgart's season goes. Um, hopefully, he won't you know fall foul of any injury anytime soon, but. 
Stuttgart were brilliant. They got forward well. Obviously, they were helped by some some poor defence by Furt. Um, so they'll learn a lot from that, I think, in the first game. Probably quite lucky that they're only, say, only played Stuttgart because Stuttgart are a fine side. But if Furt had maybe come up against a, a top six team in, you know, in in the mood to score goals, it could have got a lot more ugly than five. Um, but good for them, though. They kept going till the end and, and managed to get a... Um, a consolation goal, you know, just to break that duck at least um, as uh, Luling uh, was able to round um, new Stuttgart keeper Muller uh, to make it 5-1. Um, so at least there was something to take out of it for their fans. And I'm sure we'll learn more about this side, at, you know, as the season goes on and what and what they can produce. Uh, it'll obviously be a disappointing start to the season and, and reality bites sometimes and it bites hard. Um, so they'll, you know, they'll not be too far away from that 18th place kind of area, really. Um, <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean, the relegation zone, I'm not confining them to 18th just yet, despite the fact that I predicted that's where they'll come. Um, but yeah, a fine start for Stuttgart and plenty to work on for third. Yeah, I think I'm going to be a little bit harsher on Fur, to be honest, uh, Rory, than what you were there. I mean, it, just a quick look at the statistics, 17 shots on target for, for, for Stuttgart. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a football game where a team have had as many shots on target as 17. You know, I mean, the keepers had a good game despite conceding five, you know. <laughs> and that says a lot, let's be honest. I mean, this is a side that also went five at the back as well. They decided to go with the three central defenders and more defence-minded full-backs as well, with Hugma, Bauer and Young as the kind of central halves. They're going to be having nightmares for weeks after that game, to be honest with you. Because as you say, they couldn't mark corners, free kicks. It was just... Do you know what I mean? It, it was a true yeah, yeah. disaster for them, basically. And that was after a half-decent start as well. As, as you say, they tested the keeper very early on. They had a couple of decent shots over as well from uh, Nielsen, the striker. I just thought it was... Uh, but after that, after the first goal, it was just it really was a capitulation, to be honest with you. You know, And if they're going to compete at this level, they've got to really learn fast. And I mean, we talked a lot about Schalke being poor last year. They got hit for eight in the first game against Bayern. But I mean, I don't remember them ever conceding 17 shots on target in a game of football the whole of last season. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. You know, if you can find a stat to prove that I'm wrong. But I mean, that was that was a poor performance. It really was. But again, credit to Stuttgart. I mean, Sasha Kaladzic, obviously, um, he actually failed a COVID test before the game. So that was the reason why he was missing. Obviously, Gonzalez uh, sold as well in the sum of uh, 25 million euros. So, yeah, it was kind of third choice striker, really. Hamadi Al-Gadoui as well. Correct me on the pronunciation there, but again, he had a good game. He got himself a goal. Yeah. So you know, I mean, Borna Sosa is just a, a great midfielder, and one of the best set play uh, takers in the Bundesliga. Generally, a great player. I thought uh, Forster also had a good game. Wataro Endo was as good as he usually is. And as you say, Kemp, he, he can get goals in a game, yeah. but to get two, it shouldn't be happening really. But. Yeah, it is what it is for Fur. They've got Bielefeld at home next week and they've got to learn fast because that's a game they need to be ideally taking at least a point from, really, if they want to compete this season. So, yeah, sorry, for fans, if I've offended you there. But, I mean, it, it wasn't a good performance and I'm sure you guys are yeah, fully aware of that. 
yeah, coming from a Nuremberg fan as well. <laughs> yeah. Sure, okay. So. Sure <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, over to um, yeah the last game, which was another uh, hammering, really, wasn't it? It was uh, but for Hoffenheim, who for large periods of last season underwhelmed, but there were signs that they were getting back to the best at the end of last season, and this was a really, really good away performance from Hoffenheim. I mean, to be honest, I thought the first half was very even, to be honest. And I mean, the first big chance actually fell to Augsburg with Vargas going through very well. But as he does sometimes, he kind of shot wide when it was probably, probably should have been putting it on target, really. If that goes in, it's a different game for me, you know. Yeah. And I mean, Augsburg were, they looked pretty decent in the first half an hour. But then just before the half, the kind of 40 minute mark, obviously Larson kind of, it was a long cross, a deep cross, wasn't it? And he kind of like, I would say bundled it home, really, in a way. But, I mean, that was the start, really. And after that, I think Hoffenheim dominated, really, Rory. They did, yeah. Um, yeah, perfectly summed up there. I think Vargas's chance early on was was key um, for, for Augsburg, um, who were... You know, who were largely in the game because obviously the second Hoffenheim goal didn't come until about, I think, 79th minute. Uh, so obviously they scored their last three goals pretty quickly. So as much as it was a thrashing and as much as it was a good, comfortable win for Hoffenheim, Augsburg were, you know, they were in it until late on. Um, so, you know, they'll take that as, you know, as something to take forward into the next game. Uh, they did obviously create a, a good few chances, more half chances for a little while after the um after the kind of first spell of gay uh, of chances um you know Sebastian Rudy and Ad Adan Mayan um I thought played quite well in between the lines um of Augsburg and and got you know got their chances as a result uh Rudy almost scores um with a shot on on the edge of the box when they created space for him that way um but the uh, well, probably the the man of the match quite clearly was um, Kramerich for his three assists in the game. Uh, obviously, he turned into a provider rather than the man scoring the goals in this game. Actually, um, some nice passes played in between the lines of the Augsburg defence, which they'll want to uh, to look at and tighten up um, for goals two and three. Um, and uh, I thought I was quite impressed actually by. Um, by the 19-year-old Jorginho Ruta. Um, he did have um, a few kind of little breakout games towards the end of the season um, in which he started to look like a real player. And hopefully if he gets lots of football this season, Hoffenheim could well be on to another, uh, another talent there. Um, because obviously he got himself a goal and he, I thought he did superbly well to lay it on a plate for the fourth goal right at the end for Rudy to then tap in to make it 4-0. Um, but yeah, it was an open game actually because Augsburg were were going for it, trying to get an equaliser for, for a while and then it did create spaces for Hoffenheim to go into. Um, so, you know, yeah, obviously you're caught in between the, uh, you know, the idea of trying to get an equaliser and then you're chasing goals when it's 2-0 and, and things can start to get a little bit more ugly. So, um, I mean... Like, like, like we predicted so far, Mark, Augsburg and third to the teams in trouble. So, so far we can pat ourselves on the back, but there's a good 33 games left to go. So, plenty of time for both uh, Augsburg and Furt to uh, to climb back up the table. But, um, yeah, they'll just want to tighten up a little bit. Hoffenheim, 
look good going forward. Uh, obviously, you've got Cramrich. Uh, Ruto, ably supported by Baumgartner. Uh, I, I thought Adam Ayam was, was a real player last season. He didn't get much chance because of injury, I think, a lot of the time. Um, so I think they missed him last season. And you've got the likes of Babu as well, who can come off the bench. And if he becomes the player that he could do in terms of being a bit more clinical, then Hoffenheim will score goals, I'm sure. So perfect start for Hoffenheim uh, for hopefully a more positive um, season to come. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot to be excited about for Hoffenheim this season in terms of watching them. I thought the goals that they scored, uh, probably the second, third and fourth goals, they were what I would say very aesthetic goals, you know. I mean, they were good team moves. They were well finished. And I totally agree with you, Rory, that I thought Jorginho Ruta was brilliant when he came on. He came on after 73 minutes when it was only 1-0 for obviously kind of what you would probably consider to be kind of one of uh, Hoffenheim's star players, Baumgartner. Who, uh, and then, yeah, I mean, he gets a goal and an assist. I thought he was brilliant. You know, he runs at the defence. He played that brilliant ball across uh, for Rudy to get the um, kind of took on the defender. To be honest, when I was watching him play, I kind of thought of a baby, but with a better kind of, uh, you know, like end product. Basically. That's yeah. what I thought about. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Babu, he's a player that kind of, uh, he's a big threat, but he often flatters to deceive a lot, doesn't he? He misses a lot of easy chances. But I think Ruter is going to be one to watch this season. He was probably the kind of young player that really impressed me the most this season, uh, this weekend, despite only playing the last 20 minutes of the game. I thought he was brilliant, you know, and he's going to be one to watch for them. They've obviously got Grillich to come back in as well, who didn't play in this game. They've got Babu. There's a lot to be excited about for a side who kind of underperformed last season, really, didn't isn't he? But I mean, Kramerich is always quality, isn't he? I mean, he's been quality for the last three or four seasons in the Bundesliga. Another last year, he got a hat trick of goals on the opening day. This year, he gets a hat trick of assists. So nice. that's a nice stat for you. Yeah. But what, what a performance from Hoffenheim. I don't think it was terribly bad from Augsburg, despite obviously we both tipped them to go down. But I mean, it, it kind of summed up the problems largely. You know, I mean, they missed the big chance to go 1 0 ahead. They also sold Marco Richter to. Uh, to Berlin in midweek as well, which is very surprising for me because he was probably their most uh, highly rated player with the highest market value. You know, I mean, you're looking at Niederlechner probably doing a bit better than what he did last season and kind of re rekindling his form from two years ago, you know, when he got like 16, 17 goals. But I am very worried for um, Augsburg. Obviously, Dorsch came in. He had a half-decent game, especially in the first half. He looks to try and dictate play from the midfield. But he's got a massive job on his hands to turn this Augsburg into a competitive outfit really this season. I mean, obviously, Weinzel is quite highly rated as a manager as well. Right. In Augsburg. He's had a stint there before, but he's got a really big job on his hands this year. But I think for Augsburg, it's going to be a case of just trying to like pick up a few results on the way and hopefully just stay up. But I don't see them being like a great side this year, to be honest with you. Yeah, they, they are they are the kings of picking up points when they need they to. Yeah. yeah, we said that all last season, didn't we? But yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's goals, isn't it? They're yeah. lacking goals. Um, yeah, yeah. Need to let you know Certainly last year wasn't reliable. Vargas can have his moments and mm. yeah, they they need support in themselves yeah. full stop. So yeah, that that'll be the test. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we could see a couple of names come into they could use the Rick to money, but I don't know because obviously a lot of those kind of smaller teams are struggling at the moment due to COVID problems. Okay, so that's the end of our featured four for the week. So let's quickly sum up the other five games. So, I mean, obviously the main uh, one there was Mainz 1, Leipzig 0. We've already got our first kind of major shock of the Bundesliga season. 
I mean, I thought Mainz were just uh, not so much great in attacking uh, form. I mean, the goal was just given to them by a howler from Mukiele. I mean, the corner, he kind of, he's going to clear the corner and he kind of kicks it backwards. And then the impressive striker, Nia Keite, uh, just kind of bundles it in really. But he had a great game overall, Nia Keite. He leads the line really really, really well for Mateta, who left uh, about six months ago. But I just thought, I mean, some of the defending from uh, from Mainz, I remember that we spent the first six months of last season saying how poor they were defensively. But nowadays, they'd throw themselves in front of a bus, some of those defenders, to make yeah. sure the team don't concede a goal. It's fantastic to see how both Svensson's turned that team around. I mean, they're going to have a really good season for me. I thought they were great, Rory. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. Um, I thought, um, yeah, I mean, like the chances perhaps were, you know, few and far between. Um, but obviously, they started very well um, with with that header chance for for new signing Lee, um, who who started as a centre centre forward, which I yeah. thought was quite strange because I thought he was operated more as a more as a midfielder for Kiel last season. So obviously, maybe they're addressing you know the losing Quazon because he obviously his contract ended and they decided not to keep him so they're using him as another option um so yeah so I thought that was an interesting way to play it with with um Nebel and Burkhart either side of him so um quite quite an attacking formation and an exciting one as well um you know with uh with uh, of course the new signing Vidmer I thought he slotted in quite well um Leandro Barrero is always always an exciting player going forward and I think obviously they've still they still got players to to come in uh, and you know they look they look like a danger of course um but yeah I think the most impressive part was was how they stifled this RB Leipzig team that was spearheaded by um new signing of course Andre Silva who you know was the big Big money signing for for Leipzig this um, this summer, and you'd think that he'd be able to fill his boots, but didn't really have anything to go on all game long. I'd say. Um, I think he had one opportunity, but it was already given his offside. So, yeah, fantastic performance from Mines. They looked so impressive under under the new manager. The second half of last season was incredible. Um, so we'll have to see what they can do. Can they, uh, you know, can they sneak inside the top half of the table? Can they do more? Who knows? RB, plenty to work on for them. Um, the the young lad Simican who came in had a couple of chances himself before he did okay. Um, obviously, a bit of a stink from Mukiele to give them the goal. Other than that. You know, it wasn't disastrous, but it was quite uninspiring at times, I guess. So they'll be a bit worried, I guess. Uh, they've obviously lost ground on Dortmund, and and the the only kind of plus is the fact that Bayern only got a point. So they're not obviously so early on. You can never say anything really. Um, but they want to get themselves back in the goals. They want to get silver on the score sheet as early as they can in uh, in match week two. So a few work ons for sure, um, but. I mean, who who knows what will happen in the next few weeks? So we shall uh, we shall see. 
And just a bit of credit as well. Put a bit of credit on the name of Niklas Tower as well. I mean, he that block that he made in that second half was just unbelievable. You know, the young man, I think just 19 years old, fantastic performance from him. The likes of Hack and Bell were outstanding as well. No Jerry Sanjus though today, but it's, um, Mm. yeah, we'll have to see what happens there. He's highly expected to move away in the coming days, I guess. But, I mean, obviously, I don't think they'll really miss him judging on this performance, to be honest. That's for sure. Okay, so let's move on there to, obviously, Wolfsburg's 1-0 win over Bochum. I mean, this was probably a banker of the weekend, really. I think everyone would have had uh, Wolfsburg with a clean sheet, really, and that's what they got. But maybe they'd have wanted a couple of extra goals, especially after Robert Tescher getting the red card for a handball on the line. Obviously, before that happened after four minutes, and before that, uh, Baku had already smashed the bar as well when he should have scored. Vagos missed a penalty. All this happened within the first five minutes, but yeah. it was still nil-nil, incredibly, at that point. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, they did eventually get the goal uh, through Vagos. But do you think uh, Bolkham would have wanted... Sorry, I mean, uh, Wolfsburg would have wanted a goal or two more from that one, Rory? Uh, well, yeah, of course they would. Um yeah, like you said, that first five minutes was carnage. Um, yeah, Baku, Baku missing from yards out to hit the bar. Then the corner that followed a few minutes later was flicked on. And then, yeah, the it looked like it's just like, oh, it's hit the post play on. But obviously it turns out that the lad on the line, Tesh, has, has handballed it to then put it onto the post so it stays out. So VAR correctly. You know, double-checked it. You know, it's a red card. Uh, like, it's horrible on it. On the new season, newly promoted team, you just want to get off, you know, off the mark and have a positive, positive day. But letter of the law says that, you know, that should be a red card and he's off. Um, then obviously got away with it with a fine. Well, I say got away with it. It was obviously a brilliant save actually by the keeper um, who had a really good game, actually, I think. Um, let me just re-find his name because I thought he deserves... He deserves a shout. Uh, Ryman, that's the one. Um, so I thought he had a fine game in net. He um, he kept Wolfsburg to one goal. Um, so on the, obviously on one side of it, Wolfsburg will know that they should have scored more goals than they could have. Um, so that's in, that's good for them that they got the win, but they obviously know they can improve and score more goals. On the Balkan side of things, of course, put credit to them for going down a man after five minutes on your Bundesliga return. Uh Obviously, if they called to score the penalty, it might have been another question. It might have been a lot more goals conceded. But the way I thought they, you know, held up, you know, stayed strong, um, defended well where they could, created the odd kind of shaky moment towards the end as well. A um, couple of long-range efforts, you know, came close-ish um, and, you know, gave the Wolfsburg fans a little bit to sweat on in case they maybe could have scratched uh, a point away. Um, and it's just... So funny how much Bolcom may well play this season, similarly to how Bielefeld played there yeah. last season. Uh, it's got similar shades already. Uh, it's exactly what, like we said in our preview, Bolcom looked like a side who are going to be a lot more defensively stout than Foot, um, but maybe will lack that goal-scoring presence. But we'll obviously have to see. Far from discre- far from a disgrace, losing one 0 to Wolfsburg. So. You know, plenty to work on for them, I'd say, and um, positive work on that is. So they'll go, they'll go forward with a bit of confidence uh, into into the next game. Yeah, I totally agree. I think Bolcom can hold their heads up high, to be honest, because especially after losing Robert Tesher, who's probably their key player as well. Actually, ironically, 
I mean, losing him after four minutes and then only losing one nil to a side that were brilliant and got Champions League last year. I mean, that's they can take a lot of positives. And as you say, the keeper was outstanding. Mm-hmm. He made nine saves in the game, including a penalty, which was great as well. Okay, so mo- moving on to the, the late kickoff on Sunday, which was a, a win for FC Cologne over Hertha Berlin. I mean, obviously, last season, this was two sides who just about stayed up with the skin of the teeth, really, didn't they? I mean, obviously, late, good bursts of form saved both of these sides. But, yeah, this was a, a much better game than what they would have served up last season anyway, that's for sure. I mean, it was an entertaining game, a lot of chances. The, the first 30 minutes belonged fully to Hertha Berlin. I mean, they took the lead after six minutes through Jovetic. Mm. I mean, it was, a, yeah, obviously, a signing that some would say, OK, he's well past it, but he's the kind of signing that could come good, and he could come very good. And the early signs were very positive, getting us... Um, Mateus Cunha getting the assist on that goal as well. Yep. But then you're just thinking, you know, they missed a few chances. The keeper made a few saves. But then obviously Cologne, they also had a few chances early on as well, but not as good as some of the chances that Herta created. But then obviously, I mean, Herta, uh, Cologne get themselves level through um, through Modest, Anthony Modest, actually, yeah, back, back in the, uh, the gut amongst the goals. And then I think the second half was mostly uh, Cologne, especially the early part, Rory. It was, yeah, indeed. Um, I thought they played their way into the game well after uh, after surviving that um, very uh, intense first 30 minutes from Herta. Like you said, the likes of Kuna, Jovetic, uh, Mark Oot was even getting himself about. Serdar as well, the signing from Schalke uh, coming in off the wing. Um, so they did well to get through that by not only conceding the one goal. And they worked their way into it. Um and then uh, their their better players or more forward players started to come to the fore for for Cone, Kynes, Tielemann, uh was starting to look good. Shkiri as well uh, looked dangerous. Um, and then obviously the goal came from Modest, who's now come back to the club. Um, could be interesting to see how he gets on. Um, so yeah, some some really good performances in there. Kynes was particularly fantastic. Um, didn't really get much football last season and didn't do an awful lot either. Um, so he started off the season um, looking, you know, looking very good. So that's obviously a brilliant positive for them. Um, we always said last season, didn't we, that when Cole were a bit more ambitious and a bit more uh, attacking that, you know, they went and got goals and they, they um, created, dangerous opportunities and, and created problems for other teams. So I think that's the best way for them to approach the season. Um, they've got some young players that hopefully will come good. And um, I think they're, you know, they're building towards a, what would, should be a safe season, I would say. Herta, um, you know, they've had some kind of stellar name signings in terms of names that are well-known. Obviously, you had the name of uh, obviously Kevin Prince-Boteng onto that list of Jovetic. Um, so it's a, a strong looking team on paper. Um, there's just some if some of their risky signings come off, then they'll be mid table and probably quite safe. If some of them go the opposite way and and you know personalities clash and things like that, they could be in for a bit more trouble. So, uh, good start to the season for Cole and a fantastic comeback. 
Yeah, definitely. A lot more positives you can take to what they did at the start of last season. I, mean, I think it took them seven or eight games to get the first win last season. So, yeah, I mean, I actually thought Hertha weren't bad either, really. It wasn't a very poor performance. I think there's reason to believe on the on the back of this game that both of these sides could have much better seasons this year, especially going forward. I mean, yeah. both sides created a decent number of chances and on another day they could have had more goals. Yeah. But I think... And Hertha had a goal chalked off. Uh, yeah. bar as well so yeah, yeah it could have been slightly closer yeah but I mean obviously if you look at Hertha's team they should they need to be pushing towards that top half you know I mean if you look at some of the names in there I mean they've got obviously Matthias Cunha who was massively rated at Leipzig a few years ago Lucas Tussar who was actually part of the Brazil side who won the uh, thing the Olympics as well. I mean, this is the caliber of player they've got. You know, I mean, Jovetic was at City a few years ago. They do have a good team on paper, and it's just about like getting that consistency and starting to get better game management at times as well. Okay, so let's just finish off with two draws. Yeah, um, I mean, Union won, Leverkusen won. I mean, both goals came very, very early in this game. Awani, yeah, the, the kind of big money sign, really. I think they paid about €6 million, Euros, which is massive money by Union standards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, he, he hammered one home, didn't he, to show that he's worth the signing. I thought Union were the better side in this game, but, I mean, Leverkusen is probably a decent point for them, really. I, I didn't think they were great. They lost, obviously, Leon Bailey, which is a blow. But, I mean, Diaby was excellent, again, as he usually is for them. They still have that lightning attack on the break. They scored a good equaliser, actually. But probably Union will feel they should have maybe been able to win this one, Rory. Yeah, close game. Um, obviously, after 12 minutes, you're thinking this game could be one of those crazy ones, obviously, with it being 1-1 so early on. Uh, great hit from uh, Awonye, as you said. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of... Died down a little bit, uh, more half chances rather than loads of big ones. I thought both uh, Oz Tenali and Paulinho for both respective teams uh, as subs came on and did well. They were positive for both sides. Um, so, yeah, but I think both teams just take a point and move on and, and try and, you know, get a bit more um, about how they're going to set up the season. But, yeah, not not a disastrous start for either side. Yeah, I think it's a solid point for both. That one finishing on another draw it was the only nil-nil draw of the weekend, but it wasn't a dire nil-nil by any means, was it? And I mean, I think yet yet again, I mean, Captain Fantastic Ortega again were I mean, I would say that probably the Freiburg keeper actually made even more saves than him, but I mean he made some brilliant ones, especially the point blank range header which looked like it was destined for the back of the net for Freiburg. But once again, that man Ortega, who, let's be honest, Bielefeld are really lucky to still have him at the club, to be honest, given his performances last year. I thought he was great again, Rory. Yeah, I mean, you know, as as long as he is at the club, he will be the difference between Armenia getting a point here and there or getting the win 1-0 or whatever. He is an outstanding keeper. He really is so started the season exactly as I expected. Superb, uh, superb in that. Yeah, made some brilliant saves. As did his opposite number, as you mentioned, Flecken in net, I thought made some really good saves from Okugawa. Um, so as much as it was a nil-nil game, there were lots of big chances actually for both sides. Um, but yeah, two, two keepers on fine Fessel, which what, you know, we love to see that. As much as it was nil-nil, we had some terrible goalkeeping performances last season. So... Ortega and Flecken are, you know, trying to squash that straight away with a with a really good performance from both keepers in this game. So yeah, Bielefeld hap, happier to take the point because obviously Freiburg think on the balance of it maybe just shaded it, but 
yeah, point of pace, good start to the season. Yeah, and I think obviously Bielefeld made a really good signing during the week as well. They took Nuremberg's best player, Robin Hack, as well. He came off the bench after about 65 minutes. But I've seen him play in the, the flesh a few times, and he's a fantastic winger. So I guess they brought him in to kind of be the Ritsu Doan replacement. It's a similar kind of player to him, you know, like a kind of like tricky wide player who's very creative so i think he could be a good sign also kruger as well from esgeburg at our you know they, they know how to make good signings bielefeld and i think they, they've got enough reason in there to believe they can be a little bit better than what they were and start slowly creeping into becoming a stabilized bundesliga side this year Okay, so yeah, that pretty much concludes our um, analysis of the week. So just before we finish, let's go on to the hero and zero of the week. So Rory, do you want to introduce the hero? I would love to, yeah. Um, plenty of good performances uh, so far this week, but yeah, hard to ignore the man, uh, the legend that is Erling Haaland, um, has put his team off to a fantastic start. Two goals, two assists, physical powerful pacey he's just an absolute machine so yeah fully deserved hero of the week um so yeah man do you want to do our zero yeah as for the zero i guess there were there were probably two players that we thought we also thought about uh, mukiele from uh, leipzig who did a real real howler potentially pass lack as well obviously getting an own goal but it probably wasn't bad enough to warrant Zero of the week, but zero of the week we're going for the Balkan midfielder Robert Tesher, who obviously, I mean, some would say, yeah, he should just have let it go in and then they'd have played the rest of the game with 11 men. But I mean, obviously, they only lost one nil, so I guess it was damage limitation in the end. But yeah, I mean, he's a key player for Balkan, he was one of the best players in this fight to Bundesliga last year, so they're going to miss him for his suspension. But yeah, he's got to get. Zero of the week, considering that it was after only four minutes of play as well. So he left his team with a big task ahead. Absolutely. Okay. So well, yeah, that obviously brings a brings a close to our first show proper of the season. We very much enjoyed the weekend's worth of football, and um, as we always say, goals galore. Um, you know, plenty of things going on in the Bundesliga. So what what's not to like? Um, Obviously, if you're new to the channel um, and you've liked what you saw, please do hit that subscribe button. Um, we're starting to get a bit more of an influx at the moment, which is fantastic. So if you're new to the channel uh, and you're enjoying what you're seeing from us or the Bundesliga, do get involved with, you know, we're doing a lot more this season. We've been a lot more interactive. Um, we've got a brilliant new kind of showcase Thursday show with, uh, with Bully News. So we're doing the fantasy football in there every Thursday. So Rune will be back hopefully on Thursday to do some uh, some week one review and tell you who to pick in your team for, for week two. And me and Mark will also review uh, how we've got on after week one. I think we're both about halfway, but we'll, we'll reveal more obviously in Thursday's live show. Um, so obviously keep your eyes peeled out for that. Uh, but yeah, over to you, Mark, to close up uh, the first show of the season. Absolutely, yeah. So obviously, if you want to, if you enjoy what you saw today and you're interested in more OTB uh, over the bar content, then remember to check out our Twitter feed, which is at over the bar FB. We've got everything related to what we produce at the site on that link. Obviously, League One and League Two show as well. We also have a League Two show for you, lower league uh, junkies out there as well. Yeah, and we also have, uh, obviously, our main site, which is otbfootball.net, which is like the centerpiece of all of our stuff. Go and check that out as well, because we have some people that work pretty hard on that behind the scenes. 
so yeah it's been a great first weekend of football yeah and we hope to see you again on thursday with our live show till next time